do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCuberless. Today I'm going to, as I often say at the top of every show, several things. One of which is I'm going to try to stick to the timer because I got shit to do. Will I actually do so? I don't know. I don't know. Probably won't. Whatever. Another thing. I say at the top of just about every show, uh, very few exceptions when I forget, and that is, you may not have consumed some of the media I will talk about. Also, if you've, if this is your first episode, welcome to episode 469, you weirdo jumping on in episode 469? That is insane. Why this episode? Is it the 69 in it? Come on, be honest. It's a funny number, I know. You will not know, if this is your first episode, that I will push a button that will start a series of five five-minute timers like this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Mind Expanding Hugs. Thank you for that movie. Okay, if you're following along, uh, you will not be surprised by the fact that the movie first is Scary Movie 3, as the missus and I are watching all of the scary movies. Not as in the genre of horror films, no, as in the movies that are, their titles are scary movies. I was going to say, that's a little confusing. A little confusing, but worth it because these movies are very, very good. And I think they do hold up as long as you go in expecting dumb fun. Dumb fun period is what these are. Um, this one, I forgot. Uh, I, I kind of didn't remember it. Uh, although as soon as I started watching it, uh, things started to click. Uh, the fact that Leslie Nielsen is in a spoof movie right there. Going to bring it up a mark. Uh, I think of the the three so far that we've watched, this has been my favorite one with the most just dumb laughs, uh, the most just turn off your brain laughs, which is what we need sometimes, don't we? Hmm, yes, political maybe that is. Anyways, uh, so rating wise, I think I'm going to give it like a, a four out of five with some five out of five just dumb moments, quite often involving Leslie Nielsen because I love him and would marry him should he be alive today which he is not sadness moving on to movie the first dying to know colon ram ram das and timothy leary ah yes a documentary actually my mom and i watched this one um it's a documentary uh, about you guessed it ram das and timothy leary two uh 
groovy dudes. <laughs> uh, two people who sort of expanded with mind-altering drugs in the 60s and uh, just sort of explore consciousness, that sort of thing. Some of the stuff they'll say in this, you might think, ah, oh, come on, you guys are crazy. Uh, some of it you, you might really dig, to use the parlance. Um, but, the, but, but regardless, I think it's a, an interesting look at these two characters. Uh, and, and sort of uh, what they went through uh, in terms of their politics and trying to make uh, drugs good. Make drugs good. Coming on to Action Point. Oh, uh, yeah. It came out in 2018. Uh, for some reason, I thought this was older. Uh, Johnny Knoxville, who I think got ho- got hurt in the in when the making of this movie, which, you know, it's bound to happen. If you're Johnny Knoxville and making a movie, you're going to get hurt. Uh, based on, loosely, I would assume, uh, the actual action point, which was a, uh, theme park, fun park, I don't know what you would call it, um, back in the 80s that was apparently very dangerous because we didn't care about things like that back in the 80s. I'm saying, as a child of the 80s, born in 81, am I a child of the 80s? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, okay, uh, rating-wise for, oh yeah, uh, the Ram Dass one, I'll go, uh, three, didn't blow me away. It was a little boring at parts. Uh, for action points, similarly, I'll go three with some funny four moments. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with rating scale that I use, three is for enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, so that's that. Uh, moving on to Director's Cut from 2016, starring, written by, created by Pendulette. Ah, Pendulette, who does the opening for the show. Yes, that Pendulette. Uh, sort of fascinating. Uh, you'll hear Pendulette in the opening of the show. And I got him to do that by uh, crowdfunding this movie. By paying, uh, I forget how much it was. But it was years ago that I did that. Uh, I think it was episode like 250 or 300 or it was somewhere in there. Anyways, it was, it was a long time ago. Um, and I just, in the mail, uh, like a week ago, got the Blu-ray copy of the movie. <laughs> so, uh, it took them a while, but uh, they did fulfill their promise, and the movie, I enjoyed. Uh, it's unlike any movie you will ever see, I think I could fairly safely say. <laughs> it's funny. Um, it, it's treated as if you're watching a director's cut with director's commentary, uh, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. So, for a second, I thought I put it on the wrong disc, because there was two discs, uh, DVD and a Blu-ray. I'm like, oh, jeez, did I put the wrong disc in? <laughs> I took it out and looked at it, and I'm like, oh, wait, the title of the movie, Director's Cut. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the reason I didn't know is because uh, I, I tried to go in with spoilers, other than knowing uh, the movie's going to be different. Let's put that in quotes. Uh, and it is. And, uh, and I'm a fan of Pendulette, and I'm a fan of a lot of the people in it. Uh, Teller's in here with a speaking role, I should say. A uh, lot of a uh, lot of good actors and actresses, and rating-wise, I think I'd go like a four. Yeah. Uh, okay, so sticking to the timer, Adam Sandler, 100% fresh, really, really good. Also watch that with my mom. I'll also give that a four. Today's television talk sponsor is Reverse Paradox Blue Shift Ghost Protocol Flashpoint Earth number 69. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, so starting with Flash Season 2, 
and three up till episode nine. So I spoke of season one on a previous episode uh, and my somewhat enjoyment. I think I gave it a three or less. And uh, something I very rarely do. Uh, in fact, I can't remember the last time I did it. I'm not going to continue on with The Flash. Uh, I got to season three, episode nine. And it was sort of like a perfect opportunity to stop watching it. Uh, and by that I mean there's a, uh, it would have been cool at the time. Um, there's a crossover with the television show Arrow, where like they were both on the air at the same time. Uh, and, and if you were a fan of both and watching both, it would have been really, really cool. But uh, the fact that I hadn't seen any Arrow episodes and the fact that they quite often had crossovers where I wouldn't really know what was going on, and I think you should have potentially have watched Arrow first, but I had no desire to watch Arrow because I don't like a quote-unquote superhero that shoots arrows as its power. <laughs> no offense to Arrow. I'm sure the show's a, a fine show. Um, so when that happened, I'm like, ah, you know what? The, I, I'm out of here. I, it's just not doing it for me. It's the fact that, and I, I'm positive I mentioned this in the first talk of The Flash, the television program, uh, they take it too seriously. Uh, it's, it's, for example, there is a psychic uh, mind-reading uh, gorilla. Uh, Gorilla Grodd. Now that is an awesome thing that you could have in your show uh, and make it interesting and dumb and fun and exciting but uh, w when even that is taken like seriously uh, it's just such a, a letdown I find. Uh, you, you need some, some more comedy and uh, and, and not seriousness of the drama all the time and the, trying to make me feel things that I just don't for these characters. So I'm sorry Flash. The Flash season two to season three episode nine, uh, I'm gonna give like a, that a, like a two or less. It just didn't pull me in. And uh, for someone who never talks of negative things on this podcast for the most part, like if I if I don't like a thing, I usually don't bring it back. So it pains me to say that a little bit. So let's cleanse our palate with Doctor Who, Series 11, Episode 6, Demons of the Punjab. Ah, yes. As quite often happens during, let's call it Doctor Who season, I find I have to, have to, bring back uh, just about every episode. Uh, this one, uh, what's the girl's name? Uh, Yasmin? Yeah. Uh, I'm so bad with names. And uh, Yasmin uh, decides she wants to go back in time to see her relatives, which is always a dicey proposition. Uh, that's how you end up being your own grandfather, like I believe happened in Futurama? Question mark. Uh, further liking both uh, Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor and the companions she has along. Uh, I'm sort of curious to see how this develops. My only knock against... And uh, I don't even know if I'd call it a knock necessarily, is they did the uh, Rosa Parks episode, which I thought was really well done and a, a sort of delicate subject. Uh, and then they did this one, which is really well done on a delicate subject, the subject of uh, uh, Muslim and... Was it Buddhist? Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, the, the India and Pakistan, that sort of split, um, and how that came about and how there was like a massacre and my knowledge of that uh, era and subject is obviously sadly lacking, although it has been expanded by a Doctor Who episode. So that is something to say for it right there. It's just the fact that they have these two episodes dealing with these very, very heavy subjects. Uh, it's putting a lot of weight on Jodie Whittaker's Doctor, which uh, I think 
she has been able to uh, bear under that weight. So um, my, my sort of hope, though, is that they give her a little more light episodes, a little more fun. And you know what I'm, I'm learning from this uh, television talk is I don't like things that bring me down, like uh, The Flash... Uh, when it's too serious all the time, and this, when it's too serious all the time. You know what it is? I like to escape from reality, which is not fun. <laughs> so I need some fun. Still really good, though. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is What Happens in Vegas Neuralizers Incorporated. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I have a very, very, gonna go ahead and throw one more in. Very good book for you. Based on a true story is the title. And it's by Norm MacDonald. Yes, that that McNorm McDonald, as he's sometimes referred to by me right now. Uh, uh, okay, so, uh, uh, first and foremost, let me just say five out of five, yeah, uh, and then also say, uh, very infrequently do I find myself, when it comes to books, laughing out loud, uh, even comedy books, there's something, it's like video games as well, like, I, you never really laugh, and I think it is... And I don't know if these are related or, but but I have to assume they are. Like for me, uh, books pull me in the most uh, in terms of just my brain is the most bad. And and I think I'm not alone in that fact. Uh, second would be video games. You're sort of engaged. You're not just sitting passively. Then movies and television. You're sort of sitting passively and letting it happen to you. Whereas uh, video games, you're definitely not. And I think books, even less you are doing it passively because your mind is doing so much work. So the reason I say all this is, is it seems like it's directly, uh, let's say, oppositional to the likelihood of laughter. Uh, so I'm least likely to laugh at books than video games and then uh, movies and TV I laugh all the time. So I wonder what the sort of correlation is there. Anyways, the fact that over the course of this book, uh, multiple times laughed out loud, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact is that I was reading it uh, in the voice. Like normally I, I don't really think about this sort of thing, but I, I was almost consciously doing it where I was like reading it in Norm MacDonald's voice. Uh, like how he would say it out loud, or at least how I believed he would, I should say, because uh, he has a very distinctive, not just sound of voice, but tone, uh, a, a way of speaking, way of telling a joke that uh, I, I think I could so picture him that that's part of why it happened. Uh, okay, so uh, it, it's strange, based on a true story, in that I think, and with Norm, so hard to pin down <laughs> just on what's real and what's fake, uh, you know what, let me read the good reads. I think, uh, I, I, I see it might have a good explanation. Okay, uh, based on a true story is much more than a memoir. It's the hilarious, <laughs> inspired epic of Norm's life. In dispatches from a road trip to Las Vegas, uh, with his sidekick and enabler Adam Egit, uh, Norm recounts the milestone moments, the regrets, the love affairs, the time fortune smiled on his life, and the times it refused to smile. As the clock ticks down, Norm's debt reaches record heights, and he must have find a way to invite the hefty price 
that's been placed on his head by one of the most dangerous loan sharks in the country. As a comedy legend, should Norm... As a comedy legend should, Norm peppers these pages with classic jokes and fondly mythologized Hollywood stories. This wildly adventurous, total original, and absurdly funny saga turns the conventional comic memoir on its head and gives the render an exclusive pass into the mad glory's mind of Norm MacDonald. Okay, so that's very accurate. And I think the sort of takeaway from that is that it's a combination of two things. He's telling a literal story, as if you're reading a, a, a fiction book, and over the course of that book, he's peppering it, I believe they even use that word, uh, with actual stories from his real life. Now, the, the funny, interesting thing is, sometimes you can't tell which is which. Like, uh, when it's a story that he sort of made up uh, versus something that actually happened to him, uh, and, and that I love, because that is, in a lot of the ways, Norm MacDonald. He's sort of a quintessential, uh, always-on, can-never-tell-if-he's-joking-or-not guy, which I think is one of the reasons that I love him. And I do love him and recommend the book wholeheartedly. <laughs> Damn it, I was hoping the timer would be done there, because that would have been perfect, and I am doing very well at sticking to said timer. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Time. Game Gabin. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Point and Click Online Castanets Depot. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, Game Gavin, I have three games, which is nice because I have, uh, from my perspective, not yours, just started playing Fallout 76. Yes. So, with that in mind, I have a feeling after my first weekend of play, I will be playing it for a while, uh, which will mean two things. I will not have a game gabbing uh, for a while. I, I suppose I could talk of my initial Fallout 77, and likely well, 76, sorry. Uh, and also, I'm trying not to have too many podcasts to record because I want to play it. So there's that as well. Anyways, uh, game the first, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which I believe is also a book, but uh, turned it into a point-and-click adventure game. And um, it's weird. It's weird. It does have the, I will say, point-and-click adventure thing of... Uh, point-and-click adventure logic is sort of famous for sometimes being very, very illogical. Uh, and it does have a little bit of that, but uh, not to the degree where I ran in too many problems. Uh, came out originally in 1995. I think it's turned into sort of a cult classic. Uh, it, it came up on a list of some sort of uh, creepy, scary games. I think it was a polygon list, uh, and it just sounded really interesting. And the funny thing was, I put it... I, I, like, when I heard that, I sort of made a, a note... Like, I, I sent myself an email, I think, to look into it. And then, when I did look into it, it turns out I already had a copy of it. Uh, that's what happens with Steam games sometimes. You'll buy things, I think it was maybe around Halloween, there was like a scary movie uh, bundle or something like that. Them. So, I already had it, and started playing it. And it was good, but... I don't know, uh, point-click adventures back in the day I used to enjoy, but do they hold up as much? Question mark. They're, they're kind of hard to play a little bit. Uh, when you get used to 
today's games. So I, I feel like you really have to meet, be in the mood. Like I only played for a couple hours and, and, and enjoyed while I was playing, but eventually reached that sort of wall of like, oh, geez. <sighs> Let's instead move on to The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit, which is, is sort of like a point-and-click uh, game, actually, now that I'm realizing it. But more modern and short. I did complete it. Uh, and it's sort of a, a prequel, I guess, a tease almost, you would say, to the next uh, Life is Strange, Life is Strange 2. Actually, is that it yet? I think it, I think I might have heard it was. Uh, I, I did talk of Life is Strange on this very podcast. I, I think I gave it a 4 or 5 out of 5. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, and this as well. I also enjoyed, uh, f- it was free. Hey, I, I, I do, you know, professionals don't take that into account when they review things, but I do, um, because I am not a professional. So money is an object for most people, I would say. Why not take it into account? So uh, it was free. It was short. It was fun. Uh, you play a kid who's um, just sort of having a lazy Sunday at home uh, with his dad, uh, using his imagination to make things more interesting than they perhaps would be otherwise. Mm, in a point-and-click adventure, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, um, walking sim. Uh, there, there's some interesting elements here. I think rating-wise, I go a solid four. Oh, uh, the Scream game. <laughs> uh, I, I go like a, like a, some interesting, mind-bendy, cool, crazy, creepy points yes i will say but uh, just as a game if i'm just gonna sit down and play i'd go less than never know okay next moving on to xeno clash ah this was a weird weird game uh, apparently it came out for xbox in 2009 and the visuals are a little dated that being said they were i think at the time very very cool to behold but also weird, uh, and I think if you want your visuals to uh, hold up over the years, just make them weird looking, <laughs> because uh, it's a definite artistic style. So uh, in this game, you're running around fighting stuff, usually with fists. Um, so it's like a adventure game, I guess you would say. I'll go like a three-ish. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is the Corrupted File Bar and Girl. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, item of the first uh, is Pokimanes. That's P-O-K-I-M-A-N-E-S. M-E-M-A-N-E. No S. That's apostrophe S. Pokimanes Doki Doki Stream. Okay, so... Uh, I spoke of Doki Doki Literature Club on a Game Gabin on this very podcast not too, too long ago. Uh, And when I saw uh, a streamer who I will occasionally pop in and uh, have a look at, she normally plays Fortnite, which uh, I really don't have much interest in. But uh, when I saw she was playing this game and I just sort of... uh, My plan was just to briefly drop in for a second and see what's going on. But I just so happened to drop in on the exact moment where this game takes the turn that it does. And I won't give anything other uh, way than that. If you haven't played the game, play the game. Uh, if you have played the game, go watch her stream. 
uh, I think, oh yeah, it, it is still there, so you can still watch it. You can't interact like uh, you were if you watched it live. But uh, it was just fun to see someone else experience it, uh, where this, this seemingly innocuous uh, uh, Japanese, what do they call those kind of games, dating sim, takes a, just a, I'm going to go ahead and say it, a swear word takes a fucked up turn <laughs> uh and her reactions as that sort of unfolded for the rest of the game it was fun uh, and i was glad to just sort of by chance come along it in a, a sort of an internet uh intercourse weirdness yes uh okay next we have uh jake and amir earwolf podcast crossover yeah uh for some reason jake and amir uh, we're on at least one, uh, maybe more, but I only heard uh, one. Uh, what were they on? Uh, who charted? Yeah, that was sort of strange. <laughs> uh, and, and then you had Lauren Lapkus and uh, John Gabrus on Jake and Amir's podcast. So it was like a nice little crossover. Uh, yeah, to see, to hear Howard Kramer, I, I don't think he knew who Jake and Amir was, which was interesting. Uh, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Um, it's just there was sort of a weird vibe in the room. It, it kind of felt like not necessarily bad, just weird. And weird and Howard Kramer is you know that, that'll happen from time to time. But uh, it, it was it was it was nice that these two people, these uh, rival podcast conglomerates, uh, you've got Earwolf and then you've got uh, Headgum with Jake and Amir, uh, can sort of uh, mix and mingle and get along and. Uh, I think it just goes to show you that when it comes to podcasts, uh, doing each other's is one of the best ways. And I think this has been proven to spread your podcast is to go on other people's podcasts, uh, and vice versa, which, uh, I've never done that at all, which is perhaps why I have no listeners. Oh, well, uh, okay. So moving on from that to, uh, the writer's panel with Ben Blacker. Oh yeah. I listened to a whole bunch of this. Uh, I sort of went through the back catalog and anyone who sounded interesting, I subscribed to, uh, you got some Dan Harmon in there, which I love, uh, Conan, not the barbarian, but the late night talk show host, uh, Phil Rosenthal, uh, all in all, just people who I would listen, talk about anything. So that's why I listen to them, but to, to hear sort of them talk of the writer's room of a television show, uh, very, very interesting sort of behind the scenes. Uh, on what can happen there. Uh, let's see, last... Oh, uh, last but not least, I uh, finished the uh, DNA is for Nerds Pooch and Pals Go Self arc. Uh, yeah, so uh, that podcast, it's a D&D play podcast, so they'll play, you guessed it, Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, they'll sort of break it up into different arcs. This one was called Pooch and Pals Go South. South meaning up, I think, or down. Uh, yeah, so uh, they were all playing dwarves of one form or another, uh, on a quest to, uh, I don't really know, <laughs> but the, the, the fun thing of their, uh, of their quest was they had a dog with them. Uh, shit, you know what? I, I was picturing and they must've described them, but I, maybe I missed it, but I was picturing like a wiener dog. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it probably wasn't. It was probably like a big scary dog. Uh, but I like to picture a little wiener dog, maybe in armor. Uh, and, and I say in armor because somehow, some way he had like a 20 AC or, or 23 AC. It was something ridiculous. Like he was like super, super powerful of the group. He was like the hardest to hit with the most HP uh, hit points, if you are unfamiliar. So uh, it was fun. These uh, bunch of tough, crazy dwarves um, going on a mission, almost dying a couple of times. 
uh, accompanied by just this, as I like to picture it, this little wiener dog who uh, would fuck shit up. Actually, he wasn't that strong in terms of attacks, but uh, it could take a lot of damage. So um, I think it was like nine, ten episodes of that, and uh, it was very good. I recommend that in general. Folks, we did it. I stuck to the timer. Holy shit. It's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper